0: getting ready for, well, I mean, this is early. Oh, I guess we're, what, two weeks into the new year now? Two weeks into
1: the new year. How was your Christmas? It was great. Were you stranded anywhere?
0: yeah, it was actually uh, interesting. We we were on the Western Kentucky Parkway going over to um, in-laws' house, and we got that terrible storm. So we got stuck for about two and a half hours sitting on the highway behind a jackknife truck.
1: So uh, but you weren't in Buffalo. I was. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. It is terrible. It's horrible. I mean, wow. The 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 people that were stranded, the deaths. I mean, it's just, gosh, that's all. Ugh. Anyways, it's horrible. Yeah. If it's you're horrible. up there uh, without power, or struggling. I mean, we really. I wish there was something we could do. We feel for you. Uh, it's there's You're helpless when I see these things. I want to do something. I want to take action to help people, and there's really nothing you can do. It's frustrating. So yeah. mm-hmm. hang in there um, for sure. But uh, let's keep moving Okay. forward into the new year. Hey, our show is sponsored by Jewel Financial. That's right, self-sponsorship. I just think that it was a – I don't know. It just made sense. It was a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, We are literally the financial sponsor for DIY Money is our parent company, Jewel Financial. So if you are in uh, the, the need, if you are thinking about and looking for a financial advisor, someone to review your personal finances, please consider us. Yes, that's awesome. Go on to our website, JewelFinancial.com. We are, again, rolling out after much critique and debate our sort of wealth development program. However, our wealth development program is simply our wealth management program removing our minimum. But there is some qualification to that, uh, meaning we don't just – Look at you know a situation and go oh okay you're you're young and you don't have the five hundred thousand that we typically work with so we'll work with you nope <laughs> you kind of have to have some you know financial acumen you got to have a head on your shoulders from the standpoint of financial discipline um, you know a trajectory that makes sense for us and and then we it might be a fit it might not I mean still still potentially not a fit so again learn more about that on the web jewelfinancial dot com that's jewelfinancial dot com Uh, But today we are circling back around to a question that we get periodically, but I never hesitate to bring it back because I think it's very important, especially because it's an ever-changing landscape as we see now with the uh, spending bill that looks to be passing the House and Senate here in the end of the year. Did it actually it pass passed the House and Senate? I don't know if, um, if Biden signed it, but it's passed. Okay, so Senate. it will go into law. And that does impact some of the savings plans that we're going to talk about today. And this is in regards to kids' savings, 529 plans, etc. And this is going to be good information uh, for you as well as we roll into the new year. And we'll talk more about this because there's other nuances inside this uh, spending plan that will impact retirement plans as well. But probably the most dramatic is the 529 plan. So, Uh, That being said, we have a great uh, question from a great location. (laughs) Yasser from Dohar, Qatar. That's a new one. Well, yeah, it's exciting, and they just had the World Cup, so hopefully you went to some games. I'm going to assume if you're in Qatar, you went to some games. Like... Probably not. It'd be like, oh, it was in the United States. Did you go to any of the games? And you are like, no. Like, <laughs> what are you talking we're about? In Kentucky. No, we're in like, Kentucky. <laughs> like, I didn't go to the games, but you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but I am assuming. Well, I am going to assume. I hope you went to some games. So, Yasser, yeah, what do you got? D I Y. Hi DIY guys, my name is Yasser and I'm a huge fan of the show listening in from Doha, Qatar. So I'm working overseas and my income is mainly reported on a two triple five foreign earned income. I'm married and I have three kids. My question is regarding the best way to save and invest money for my kids in the future. I'm currently contributing to a 529 account for each of the kids, but was told that there were some restrictions when it comes to spending that money, like not being able to spend it all on tuition for example. If my main goal is to save for their future college education, shall I keep only contributing to a five to nine, or split it between a five to nine and a different type of brokerage account? Any advice would be much appreciated. Thanks. Okay, uh, first off, I want to clarify that anything regarding your specific situation, meaning being a um, you know a foreign. I don't know if this is the right terminology, but a foreign national who is, you know, working in another country and still being able to participate in the United States sort of investment plans since 529s are state-sponsored plans, I know nothing about. So if if there's nuances regarding that, I apologize, and we certainly will not be able to touch on that. I'm assuming you have a really good CPA who works with, um, you know, international folks and so forth. Um I'm going to assume that because I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of folks out there that do that. All right. However, that being said, let's talk about saving for kids. Yep. And I've never heard – Logan, have you ever heard of not what he said was not being able to be used all on tuition? Have you ever heard of that? So the 529 plans
0: at one point, you could not use it on housing. I believe. So the I think that has since changed in recent years that you can use it on housing, books, other expenses outside of tuition. Um, they've kind of expanded what a 529 can go towards. But originally, a 529 was only able to cover the actual tuition expense.
1: I'm obviously not a CPA, nor a lawyer, nor do I work for the IRS. But I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. However, I have uh, helped folks to reimburse expenses for anything anything to do with college education. Kid needs a new computer, bam, 529. Mm-hmm. Kid needs, you know, food for the semester, bam, 529. Oh, going on spring break, bam, 529. I mean, come on, you know, there's that that's there's a lot of flexibility there um, and ultimately I've not seen a situation where anybody has Again, not saying this can't happen, but I've not seen a situation where somebody gets audited and they say, well, I need to see this expense. Maybe somebody out there has, and they said, yeah, my brother got audited and he wasn't able to use it for the kid's car that he was using. I don't know. But I've never seen that situation. Uh, That said, some of the limitations, in my opinion, have come from the fact that You know, specific like to Logan's situation is what if your son or daughter gets a scholarship and they now all of a sudden have a significant pool of capital in a 529 plan and they don't need the money? They don't need the money for, for tuition. They don't need the money for reimbursable expenses, etc. So that's where it can become a little tricky. Or they don't go to college altogether, right? They, they go to, you know, I don't know, they they start a business. They go to trade school or something like that. Yeah, is... but a trade school you could use that. I mean, that would be for I guess, higher yeah, education, could, yeah, I would, use I would, I would presume. A, yeah. I mean, that'd be a tough argument to say you can't use it if you're going to get, uh, you know, if you're going to a trade school to become a master plumber or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I would presume that that could be used as well now. Uh, so, so getting to your question, Yasser, I, with three children, chose when I had kids to not use a five twenty nine plan, and we chose to use custodial accounts. Custodial accounts are simply accounts for minors that are held by a, quote, custodian. Now, a traditional custodian, the terminology is that a custodian is someone who holds investment dollars. Charles Schwab, uh, TD Ameritrade, those are traditional fidelity. Those are custodians. However, in this case, what it means is that it, you have an adult who acts as custodian over the money for the child. So I am the custodian of the account held at another custodian Charles Schwab for the benefit of my minor children however when they become 18 that money becomes theirs so if you are concerned at all about your child you know growing into become 18 and then being irresponsible taking all that money and going to find themselves and you know in Europe and you're not interested in that then that's probably not the route you want to go However, I firmly believed that if I could invest responsibly and grow that money for them and educate them in a manner, at which point they turned 18 and would use that money in a responsible way, it was the best option. Why? Because I thought to myself, "What if they don 't go to college? What if they get a scholarship, et cetera?" I wanted them to have the flexibility of that money being used eventually for a house, down payment on a house, or you know starting a business or whatever it, you know retirement, starting a retirement fund or something for for them. The drawback that you will be told, and this is for anybody listening, the drawback that you will be told about is taxes. you will be told that because it's a custodial account, it will be subject to, to taxes. And what that means is that any interest and dividends that you get would be taxable. Any capital gains that you realize would also be taxable. My response to that is twofold. One, my child is in a zero tax bracket. <laughs> That's number one. To which a CPA would respond and say, "Aha!" But there is what's called a kitty tax. To which I would respond and say, "We will never meet the three thousand dollar or so threshold to trigger the kitty tax." How do I know that? Because I will invest in things that don't pay significant interest in dividends. I doubt I'll get to the point prior to their age 18 that it would be around 100 grand because that's about 3%. And if you had it all in the S&P 500, that's where you would trigger potential kiddie tax. But what about triggering capital gains on sales and such? Well... I've waited until a bear market, which is what we're seeing now, to offset some of the longer-term gains they've had with some of the losses. So I've been able to take some short-term and long-term losses of things that just haven't worked out and sell down some of their longer-term gains for no tax. The point being is I have a 15-year-old son who now has a significant amount of money in a custodial account for a 15-year-old. I've never paid tax on that money ever. He's never paid tax on that money ever at this point. And we now have it positioned in such a way that when he turns 18, if he wanted to cash the entire thing out, I would highly frown upon that. But if he did and use it for, you know, again, tuition or whatever, then ultimately he would pay no tax on that as well. So with some proper planning, The custodial account, in my opinion, provides everything you want it to provide and gets around the tax issue, again, with proper planning. The one caveat, at 18, it becomes theirs, and there's really no way around that. Now, 529s had a unique limitation in that if they were not used for higher education, they could not be taken out. There was an issue with that, and what happened is a lot of people, Logan's one of them, found themselves going through school and now having a significant amount of money in a 529, and they couldn't do anything with it until now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you were stuck before. You had to pay a 10% penalty, pay taxes on any gains that came out of that 529, but in the recent spending bill that just came out um, and is supposed to be signed into law, I think it's it's on its way if it's not already there, uh, you now have the ability to roll over a 529 into a Roth IRA, but it's only the beneficiary. So in instance, my parents built up money in a 529 for me. It was basically locked up and stuck. Um, I I felt like, okay, well, I can't get at this money without hitting a big penalty in taxes. So now, starting in 2024, it's not immediate, starting in 2024... I could have the ability to move that money and sweep it over into a
1: Roth IRA. How about that? Uh, you mentioned the, the beneficiary only, but you can change beneficiaries of a 529 at any time. Yeah, you could change it to,
0: but you can't change it to, like, yourself. Like, you couldn't, as, as the contributor, I don't think there's a way that you can sh- switch it to your name. Like, you couldn't switch it to your name and then roll it over to a Roth for Quint. Are you sure about that? Not sure, but that's kind of the language that at least the restrictions And there's an upside said.
1: limitation, isn't there? It's limited to a certain amount of yeah. money. Yeah. So here's some of the restrictions that there is. One, there's a
0: $35,000 lifetime cap. So $35,000 total. This is an interesting part of it. The rollovers are subject to the annual Roth IRA contribution limit. So for 2023, that would be 6500 um, for someone that doesn't have a catch-up contribution. So you could only roll over 6500 in that year, but you could do
1: $35,000 total. So you could keep going until you got to the $35,000 contribution limit, not the level of the Roth. Right. And
0: my understanding, I I think, uh, this is kind of an inference, but if you're subject to that contribution limit, then that means you probably can't contribute to a Roth in addition to that.
1: Yeah. The other thing is that I find interesting about 529s, are are they completely useless then, you know, based on my uh, example using custodial accounts? Not necessarily. Originally, 529s were for higher education purposes only, which meant you could not use them for private education. Uh, people who thought to themselves, well, I'm going to save and I want to save for college, but I also want to save for potential private school We would often look at what was called a Coverdell ESA, Educational Savings Account. They had much less uh, contribution limits. I think it was $2,000 annually. But the ESA was allowed to be used for preliminary education. A few years back, however, they altered the rules for 529 so that it could be used for preliminary education as well. So if you wanted to use it for private education, you could. One of the things that our family is considering is because my view is that my children and my grandchildren, if I'm so blessed to have them someday— may consider private preliminary education i'm not a product of that nor really are my kids they did a couple years initially but they're not products of that but let's say that they decided for whatever reason in the future that they wanted to take advantage of private preliminary education we have often thought about funding a 529 now in the name of our let's say our youngest child and then ultimately when a grandchild was born switching the beneficiary to the grandchild. Sort of a legacy planning tool for future primary private education, an, an amount that could be used for that. So, I mean, think about it. You have the ability to put a, a small sum of money now. My children are obviously young. They, they certainly are not married. They do not have kids yet. You know, it's going to be a very long time even before those kids have kids and then those kids go to, co- go to school but we could deposit money, grow that money considerably, assuming that it did what it was supposed to do, and then if they wanted to, use that money for private education. So it's something that I think my wife and I will do here in the, in the coming years uh, for our children and the benefit of our children's children and potentially children's and children's and children's on after that. How many children do you have? Uh, Eighty-four. Eighty-four. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I could see this going on for, for multiple generations because there's really no clause that says you have to use this over a certain generation. You basically could keep a 529 in a family in perpetuity, is my understanding. I don't yep. see any limitation to, to when that has to expire. And then you get your tax-free growth and tax-free withdrawals. Yeah. yeah, and I certainly don't see them coming back, Congress coming back and saying, oh, people, if they're 529s for too long— You know, and probably what their attempt was to be able to do the Roth was, you know, give people an out that was good, Mm -hmm. but again, get money out of there because if you get it out of the get it from five twenty nine into a Roth, you know, even though it's not subject to required minimum distribution at your passing, it will be subject to required minimum distribution, which basically means it comes out of there, goes back into circulation, and is allowed to be taxed again. Yeah, they just just want to be yeah, they just want their tax rather exactly.
0: Yeah, I think the one other interesting thing that says. Uh, is that your 529 has to be open for at least 15 years and if you change the account beneficiary that 15 year clock may restart. Interesting. So if I changed my name if I changed it to my brother's name or something like that he'd have to wait another 15 years before he could potentially roll it out into Got a Roth. It.
1: I often wonder and yeah sir you're probably not going to follow back up with this but I often wonder I mean just out of general curiosity why someone would be so adamant at this maybe at your children's young age to say no this is for college and only college. I'm just curious about that is there something that you glean you you know you think and again just out of curiosity cuz I know my middle son now I'm sorry my oldest son now assuming he stays on the trajectory, he may wake up tomorrow and decide to do something else. And that's perfectly fine. But if he stays on the trajectory, he's not, he's on, he should go to college for little to no expense, being able to take advantage of his swimming. I mean, he's become an outstanding swimmer and he should be able to do that. Now, Again, that may change for whatever reason. Maybe it's injured. Maybe it just doesn't play out that way. So a million things can happen. But if it does work out that way, then I'm going to be very happy that I have the money in the custodial account as opposed to a 529. Yeah,
0: and the last thing I want to say about custodial is you mentioned briefly the education part that you do with it. I think the benefits of a custodial account as well is you can have a lot more options that you can invest in, but you also use it as a tool to teach your kids this is a company that you're investing in. You own a portion of this company. Kind of the basics of owning stocks and, yeah, and investing. Sometimes in the that's stock good, market. sometimes
1: that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so so good when uh, you know, early in Tesla's life, we owned Tesla and and, you know, my I could tell my kids when we saw Tesla driving around, this is like five, six years ago, you know, oh, you own some Tesla stock. Oh, that's great, you know. And then and then it doubles, right, from like Ten to twenty, and I think I'm a genius. So okay. I say, you know what? I mean, might as well take that gain for them. <laughs> Surely we don't want to let it, you know, go up a thousand x, right? And and so then five years later, the kids go, hey dad, do we still own that Tesla? And we go. No, you know we we sold that. Really? Wow. Yeah, I could have paid for your first house, but yeah. you know we sold that. So yeah, there's some there's some you know we in an environment like this where you know the S and P's down twenty percent, and some of the individual stocks in their account are down thirty yeah. or forty. you know yeah. it's it's interesting. They're pretty but, mad at their broker. Yeah, their broker <laughs> is struggling right now. But yeah, it, I mean it's it's got pluses and negatives, but but for sure that there is an element of education that we use that you don't get in a five twenty nine. I mean, you, you kids are aren't going to get excited necessarily about owning the growth fund of america nothing against that it's a great mutual fund from american funds um but it it's i guess yeah american funds is it called now the investment company of america i don't remember what they they seem to change their name i think but anyways they used to be american funds uh but whatever All right, a great question, Yasser. Thanks so much for for sending that to us, and awesome to know that we have a a listener in Qatar. That's a lot of fun. Uh, All he did, and we need these questions coming, we had an email glitch for a little while, so if you sent a question in and it bounced back to you, please resend it. Uh, That's podcast at diymoney.org. That's podcast at diymoney.org. And if we use it on the show, we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card.